Welcome to The Snap with Sydney Jones. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back to the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube for this week's edition of The Snap. I'm your host, Sydney Jones, and joining me today is Dallas Cowboys and SB Nation host, Kelsey Charles. Kelsey will get us up to speed on the Cowboys as the Broncos are set to travel to Dallas tomorrow. And of course, we will also touch on Kelsey's career a little bit later in the show. Kelsey, it is so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Excited to be on. Of course. How's the season going for you so far? About half of through now. Yeah. Like, can I complain much? It's been, it's been pretty amazing. I will have to say, I mean, I've been around the team for, uh, gosh, I longer than I'd like to admit. And so these are very reminiscent of the 2014, 2016 seasons for the Cowboys, where there was just so much excitement around the team, so much thought about what they could do in the future. And, um, you know, luckily we have McCarthy on our team now, so he's not going to kill our dreams in that NFC title game. So <laughs> that's so true. I mean, I can't even believe we're already talking about week nine of the regular season. Kind of I know. The season's moving slow, but also really fast at the same time. Yeah. It always happens this way where like, you know, you, you get to the season and it has just like drug on and you're like, gosh, like when are we actually playing? And then you get in it and you're like, how are we already almost like we're halfway through? Like what is happening? I know. I feel the same way. Well, I mean, it's, it's been somewhat of a crazy week. I feel like for both of us here, obviously here in Denver, Von Miller, he was traded to the Rams. I know we'll all miss him here in Broncos country, but for you guys, I mean, Dak Prescott, he was ruled out of Sunday's game with a calf injury. Kelsey, I know Dak has probably been limited at practice so far this week, but do you know what his status is for Sunday? Kind of sounds like he's on track to play. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot different than last week. Last week, there was a lot of back and forth on, oh, I mean, we'll see. It's kind of a game time decision. He's going to go through a workout and we'll talk with the trainers and, and you know, really get the analysis and pregame and which is never uh, a good feeling going into a, a, a honestly, the Vikings are pretty unassuming. They're good. They're really, they're a lot better than their record shows. And so I was really hoping we'd have him. And then, you know, obviously that didn't happen, but luckily Cooper Rush stepped in and, and did the, did the thing. But, um, you know, it's, it is a lot different this week because McCarthy's even come out and said, Hey, like the plan is to have him play. And we're watching out there. I mean, obviously they're going to prepare Cooper Rush for things and, you know, make sure that he's ready as well. But the, the concept and what we're kind of seeing and him taking these first team reps and practice it feels pretty likely that Dak Prescott will be playing on Sunday. Well, I was going to say, I mean, here it's going to be a tough matchup going against Dak Prescott, but also if Dak wasn't able to play, still a tough matchup going up against Cooper Rush because he had a, a great game last Sunday. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that was something where Cooper Rush made a lot of people eat crow, and I was happily one of them come Monday morning. And, you know, he's a guy that's been on and off this roster over the past couple of years, and I think that truly he's one of those guys that coaching staffs pick out and they say, Hey, you know, this is a talent. And those that are kind of on the outside looking in are, are wondering why is this man still on the roster? What does he really bring to the table? He's ever officially started in a game. Why do you have so much faith in him? And then he goes out and plays a game like he did this past weekend and just totally, you know, knocks down the park and you get it. And you understand like, Oh, this is why you all get paid to, you know, scout talent and coach these kind of guys because McCarthy at the end end of the game, he said, this is the guy that we always knew he was, you know, we knew that we had this in him. It was a matter of him having the opportunity to show that to the world. So yeah, I mean, you're right. And granted it was one game. So I don't want to go and like crown him forever automatically off the bat, but still like if you can do it once you can do it again. So it's definitely something to look out for. 
for sure. Well, I mean, we've all seen how dominant this Cowboys offense has played so far this season. I mean, averaging a league best 455 yards per game, 32 points per game. I mean, you guys have so many playmakers like Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz. The list just goes on. For some of those guys, Kelsey, what can this Broncos secondary really expect from them on Sunday? Well, I think the thing about this, this Cowboys offense is that it's, it's a pick your poison situation, truly, you know, they've got the run game and it's not just Ezekiel Elliott, but it's Tony Pollard too, where it truly is the two headed monster in the backfield. And then when you flip, um, go outside, you look at the Dalton Schultz who really has emerged in, in light of Blake Jarwin being out last season and, Honestly, if the Cowboys keep playing like they do, dare I say that he gets a Pro Bowl nod, which is just so weird to even like say, if you will. But, um, you know, so so that's just those two sections, right? We haven't even touched on Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. And, you know, Michael Gallup's coming back into the lineup soon. We might see some more from him as well. So I really do feel like it's a matter of trying to figure out what you are going to try and take away from this offense but then also they can still beat you with the other side of their offensive weapons. So it's, it's, it really is a bit of a lose-lose situation and they're going to have quite the task on their hands. Right. Yeah, they certainly will, especially for the secondary who has seemed to struggle the past couple of games. Looking at the injury report, Kelsey, I saw, you know, starting left tackle Tyron Smith. He might miss Sunday. Is that what I'm hearing? He's likely to be out. Yeah. So that was something where we got word this week that it's more of a bone spur that he's dealing with. And, you know, again, He's kind of been this guy that's on and off in terms of the injuries that he's dealing with over the past couple of years. You know, it's towards the late end of your career where it just your body is banged up, especially in a position like that. Right. And, you know, but I say all of that because he's a wildly important position on this team and off this this offensive line, which has always been a staple in these recent Cowboys teams. Right. So. Continuity is everything on the O-line. It's so important that you have these guys and they just maintain their positions because quite frankly, they're doing well when you don't hear anything from them because that's how you know they're doing their job. So it is concerning when this injury comes up and trying to figure out what that role is going to look like. Um, I will say that Terrence Steele had to step in for Lyle Collins over at right tackle. He was an undrafted free agent coming out of Texas Tech. And last season, I really did feel like he got he got an unfair assignment and having to step in and, and play. And he, he, he did not do well, quite frankly. And we called it the Terrence Steele experiment. And everyone was like, we're done with this. He went and took the off season. And I I'm telling you it's night and day what this man is doing on the field. So I say all of that because I think you're going to see some movement and a lot more options in terms of what they can do to plug in pieces for these guys that have had to, you know, step out or whether, whether it was like I mentioned, Lyle Collins and, and, you know, the suspension or with the you know, Tyrone, Tyrone Smith and, and actually being injured. So you're probably going to see some uh, Terrence Steele left tackle. Then you'll get your Connor Williams. You'll have the same thing in terms of center. Biotish is going to be the same one. And then you'll have Zach Martin. And then you'll actually get Lyle Collins back into the lineup over on the right tackle. So, I, you know, again, it's definitely not preferable to have to move around your lineups, especially in a position like that um, coming into a game. But I feel like this team feels really confident in the talents that they have and their position flex. And so I think it'll actually work better than, um, you know, it has in years past, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. You know, on, well, on the other side of the ball for the Cowboys, there's been a ton of talk here this week in Denver about Micah Parsons, obviously the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. You know, Teddy Bridgewater mm-hmm. said that our offense needs to know where he is at all times on the field. Kelsey, yeah. what are your thoughts on the rookie linebacker? What kind of threat does he pose for on Sunday? I mean, that's- 
that's the problem with him is that you don't know where he's going to be because he can truly come in and play it all. We talked to his coach in the off season when we drafted him and he said, Hey, listen, this man, I don't think you guys even understand the talent that you have. And quite frankly, we didn't, um, you know, he's capable of rushing over the middle. He can put his hand on the ground. That is something that I don't think, I don't know when the last time a player has been able to come in as a rookie and just transition so seamlessly from a linebacker to a D end in various teams and do it not just sufficiently, but do it well. And that's the concern with Micah Parsons is that he really does have that true position flex where he can come at you from all different angles. You can put him all over the field and he can make an impact. He, he's disruptive. Um, you know, pair him with, with you, Demarcus Lawrence will be returning. That's terrifying too. Randy Gregory is being impactful. Terrell Basham, he doesn't have like the actual stat lines, but we all know stats aren't everything. But these these defensive linemen and these you know pass rushers, they're making some plays. So I would definitely be concerned if I was Teddy Bridgewater and having to be productive against you know those guys. Although again, like once you do get past them, I do feel like this secondary, despite the fact they are making plays, um, you know, is an area that you all could exploit because they are giving up a decent amount of yards in the passing game, and so. Um, it's it's kind of a high risk, high reward situation, if you will, if you're willing to take on uh, Trayvon Diggs and challenge him and, and say, hey, uh, come make a play. And he just might do that. But you could also, you know, be the winner in that, in that scenario, too. Yeah, Trayvon Diggs has been fun to watch, quite frankly, this year. Seems like he's just really quickly become one of the top young cornerbacks in this league. So, yeah, he'll definitely be a tough challenge for us this week. Yeah, he's impressive. I mean, it's it's unbelievable, really. I if you think about it, like these guys, if uh, the way I look at it is, O linemen don't get enough credit for the talent that they bring to these teams because they are personally facing off against some of the most athletic and most talented players on the field, right? With these you know pass rushers and and all of the guys that are trying to attack the quarterback. So. I kind of take that same perspective when I look at the secondary, right? So I look at, you know, the, the matchups that Trayvon Diggs has to face every week. He's con consistently against the number one receiver. You have to almost be playing the wide receiver position backwards, which he played wide receiver previously right. in a past life. So I have to imagine that helped him. But, you know, so I don't think, you know, he, he's impressive in what he's done. But when you really take a step back and you think about truly what goes into it, it's so next level. I mean, it's, 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 he's a cheat code. I mean, how can he's unbelievable? Well, like I mentioned, obviously Micah Parsons, he's been a topic of discussion here in Denver. So has Trayvon Diggs, like we just discussed, but Kelsey in Dallas, what's been the topic of discussion, you know, this week surrounding this matchup in the Broncos? Yeah. I mean, I think it really is a matter of, I, I, I think it was shocking, but I also do understand it from a management perspective of, you know, trading away right. one of your franchise players. I mean, I'm not looking forward to facing that team in LA now, um, <laughs> but uh, I think that that's a question of, hey, where are the Broncos at and where are the Cowboys at? How can we make sure that throughout this process, we're thinking bigger picture? And I think that was what you saw the team do last week when they faced the Vikings, where obviously, again, you know, you know, Dak Prescott, when he is injured and he's just about able to play, he's going to want to play. Right. And so I guarantee you, he was not happy about not being able to play last week. But at the end of the day, the ownership and, you know, the training staff and the coaching staff had to make a team that was 
a team decision that was better for the, the greater good, if you will. And think about, hey, if we really are trying to make it to the big game, potentially if that's the trajectory that we're on, we need our quarterback. We need our franchise quarterback. We don't just need our backup quarterback. So give you give you some time to rest and Cooper's going to come in, okay? So it's, it's thinking that way for this week too. If there are any players that maybe not 100%, maybe not truly, truly there. If for any reason there was a setback with Dak, which I don't think there is, but I think that's the mentality that this, this team is at where they're saying, is Denver waving the white flag? And if so, should we play accordingly and maybe make sure that we play just well enough versus just completely, you know, trying to go out and bury them. Let's, it's, a, it's a preservation mindset, but I think um, there are enough players that are at, you know, peak health <laughs> or just right at the cusp that I don't think it's going to, you know, play much into it to be totally honest. And so I really do feel like at the end of the day, it's just a matter of continuing to go out and prove what this team has, you know, been doing week in week out and, and do it against all types of caliber of teams. And the Broncos surely don't have a great record right now, but that's not to say they don't have some playmakers and, it's really easy to get caught up in these types of seasons and, and have a trap game just fall into your lap and because you weren't prepared or you didn't, you know, give them enough credit for what they could bring to the table. So it's definitely business as usual. Um, but I think you're going to see a lot of these guys in the starting lineups that the Broncos will have to end up facing. Well, I have to say, we're not waving the white flag yet. Head coach Vic Fangio, he said this week, no one's surrendering. They still have confidence in this team. And it, you know what? Honestly, uh, the Cowboys haven't beat the Broncos since 1995. Right. And I know they've only All played that. six times. Yeah. So, you know, at the very least, it's going to be a fun storyline for that fact <laughs> alone. Like that's, that's quite the statistic right there. It definitely is. Well, Kelsey, appreciate your insight on the Cowboys and your help getting Broncos country up to speed on the matchup. But let's switch gears a little bit now. As many of our listeners know here on the snap, one of the main goals is to highlight women's impact in and around the NFL. So just want to dive into your career for a couple minutes here. Just yeah. to start, can you tell me a little bit more about your role with the Cowboys in SB Nation? Yeah, so um, I am kind of a bit of a hybrid animal, if you will. Um, I do media and marketing. So my roles with the Cowboys are largely in the media spectrum and also with SB Nation. So um, I host a podcast with SB Nation. It's all female hosted. It's called Girls Talking Boys. And it's every week with my co-host, Megan Murray. It's really awesome. Um, one of the first of its kind, there aren't a lot of all female lineups discussing, you know, the, the Cowboys and, and sports, and I guess in general, sometimes, I mean, there definitely is, but there needs to be more. And um, so I'm really excited to be a part of that. And then I also host a weekly television show here on Valley Sports with the Dallas Cowboys and my friend David Hellman. It is a blast. We are very heavy into bringing guests on. We have a good time. It's a little more casual. It's not your, we do the X's and O's, of course, but we're a lot more laid back. It's it's targeted to a different audience, right? Um, so it's it's a good time for sure. But then as you and I were discussing before, outside of that, I also work in sports marketing and do a lot of um, endorsements and sponsorships, naming rights deals, uh, NIL type things. So um, all over the map, if you will. Yeah, sounds like there's a, a ton of different facets to your job. Can you yeah. kind of walk me through the path that you took to get to where you are today? Yeah, I mean, listen, um, so I used to, I went to school for journalism in my undergrad and I was looking to get an internship. And I think anyone who's pursuing the journalism route understands that they're always gonna tell you, all right, make your reel. And then you're gonna go to like X market and then work your way up. 
And I would tell you, I was going to say, that's what I did. <laughs> I would tell you, um, I've been hosting shows and content with the Dallas Cowboys for off and on about eight years or so. Oh. And um, you're always going to get told no. And you're always going to get told there's a certain way you need to do it, especially as a female in the industry, especially as you know, someone in a more traditional industry, like maybe like a media or a marketing. And I will tell you this, that um, don't be afraid to shake things up and not accept no. There was my people who told me, hey, I went to SMU and they said, we're going to give this internship to XYZ kid because, you know, he's a big Cowboys fan. And I was like, no, like that's not what we're going to do. I mean, that's fine if the Cowboys want to give it to him, but like, I'm going to go in there and work really, really hard and they can decide who they want. Right. And ultimately like, and I ended up getting hired on full-time with them. So I just feel like um, there's a lot of people that are going to have a lot of opinions about what you should and shouldn't do. Um, someone, you know, you have to be like a certain size, look a certain way and, you know, do this and do that. And I will tell you, I don't fit any of those models whatsoever. Um, and I think it's a matter of really truly being honest with yourself about what you want, what you like, what sets your soul on fire and chasing after it wholeheartedly and genuinely like not taking no for an answer. And if it's risky, um, then, then have a, then have a stable nine to five and then work on it outside of work. I have done that too. I mean, again, I, as I mentioned, this isn't even my nine to five job. And so I'm really big on if it matters to you, you will make the time. And, um, I think that's been a really big key for me in my career. I love that. That's some great advice you just gave Kelsey kind of going off of that. What's kind of been yeah. your favorite part of the job or what's been maybe a favorite event or game that you've ever covered? Ooh, you know, I will honestly say, um, training camps are some of my favorite. Uh, I really do love training camp that there's a couple of events that have been like games that have been epic. And like, again, as I mentioned the 2016 season, I love going, I always go to an away game or two each year away games are so much fun. It's so fun to see fans that are, you know, just traveling with the team. It just, it really does give you perspective to how like larger than life this, this industry and this job and this team is, and it's just so fun. Um, but I will say training camp is one of my favorites because you just get a different animal with these guys. I mean, you're literally, you're in the trenches with them like 12 hours a day. And I'm sure you understand, but like, it's just funny and you get to see their personalities. Um, I'm trying to think, oh, so I used to play uh, basketball with like Romo and Dez and Cole Beasley. Really? And they're honestly like really, really good. <laughs> um, That's so so those are- I know, like truly, those are some fun memories. Um, I'm trying to think, gosh, I mean, I just love like, again, like it's, it's, it's just so much fun, like being around these teams. I'll give you a fun example. Like when I, when I was working here full time, I was like running um, down in my neighborhood and I literally like, I was, I was just running on like a Friday afternoon and it was raining and I look behind me and I'm about to turn a corner and I, I see this like, man, like running after me and I was like oh my gosh like, like I'm running and someone's like chasing after me and it turns out it was Des Bryant and he was like he was like what are you doing like running out in the rain I'm like what are you doing and again like it's I think that you lose perspective of some of these guys and their personalities and like their their humanity when you just solely talk x's and o's so, so it's true. really been a pleasure of mine to be able to get to know some of them personally and really see like what makes them tick Right. That's my favorite part of the job too. Just getting 
to know these guys on a personal level that a lot of people don't see because they just see them as football players, not as human. Yeah, exactly. It's so funny to me that you say training camp though, because that is my least favorite part of the year. <laughs> least favorite part. That's really funny. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I get that because it is like really rough. I, like, I actually, yeah, I used to run it when I worked here full time and whew, like, but it's I just, I want to do that. Yeah. It is such a unique experience because you literally, I mean, I, I was like working six weeks straight, nonstop, right. like nonstop. Even all, all weekends, all days of the week, like 7am to 9pm. And then you just go out and do it again. And so, um, I definitely don't miss it, but I do have a lot of fun. memories. <laughs> and last but not least, Kelsey, you touched on this a little bit, but what's one piece of advice you'd give someone looking to get into this industry, really, no matter what area of it they want to work in? Yeah, I would say a couple things. Um, I would say it's, it's just reach out to people. A lot of people like to help others and don't have an agenda and understand that, you know, this industry is really tough to get into and it's very competitive. And therefore, um, you know, you might have to just shadow or do, you know, an internship, or maybe you could do some pro bono work of some sort and just really show what you've got. Um, You know, make sure that, just think about it from like a a problem solving perspective, right? As I'm going to put my marketing hat on for a minute, but (laughs) how are you showing value to these people? How are you showing like what you can bring to the table? What can you, what can you do outside of just be a really awesome fan, you know, and what different perspectives can you bring? What gaps can you fill? Um, I think that's always an important mindset to have because ultimately you are a vehicle for helping whoever you're trying to contact, you know, be better at their jobs. So I think that's really key when you're looking, you're looking at something, especially as females, it's important for us to have a voice and a, a spot at the table. And I think a lot, a lot more teams, um, in this industry in general is realizing that. And so take advantage of that as a woman. And if, if that's what you want to do and you are a female and you want to get in the industry, again, you are a vehicle to help these people achieve their goals, which is to hire more women, which is to have more female voices. And honestly, you don't have to know it all. That's never going to be the point. So don't feel okay. intimidated about, you know, not being a hundred percent like perfect. That's not, if you go in honest and, you know, just say, Hey, like, I, I have no idea, but I'm going to totally look into that. No one's going to fault you for that. You're, you're the different type of content than maybe, you know, someone else who covers something else a different way. Um, so I would say, you know, just reach out and, and ask for advice and ask to maybe shadow someone or ask, you know, if you can help at all or, um, you know, have like some samples. I, I always think it's really important to buy your, your, your website. So KelseyJarls.com is mine. Make sure you own your website. And if you really want to get into like the media industry, have some samples up there so you can quickly send someone to, hey, here's some of my work. Keep it fresh. Keep it relevant. Um, engage with people on Twitter. Engage with them. I know people that have gotten internships and jobs. I know I brought someone here for the Cowboys who engaged with me. And I was like, holy cow, like your content is good. You know, like you're great. And it's it's true. Like it's how it works sometimes. Um, this industry I, really is. My boss is like, up to me on Twitter. Yeah. Yes. It really is a lot of like who you know, and also are you just staying involved in the conversations that you actually want to be in? Right. Um, and then I would say too for women as well who are already in the industry, I think it's really important to um, lift while you climb. I think that there's this nature of, I don't know how to put it, competitiveness or, and it's, it's, it's hard when you're one of the first to be in an industry or what you're, you're more like the minority 
like women are currently in the league. And um, I would say that the one thing I would just emphasize is it's, there's always going to be more than enough to go around. There's more than one female in, in the Dallas Cowboys building who does something similar to what I do, but we're different and we always will be, and we all have a space. And um, so I would just say, you know, keep that perspective, but also make sure that you are helping to groom the future use and ensure that there's a spot at the table for future females that want to get into the industry. So I have a lot of thoughts on the topic and I'm always happy to chat with people about it, but like, I just say grind, man. Like if, if it's what you love, make time for it and reach out to people. And like the worst thing they can say is no, truly the worst thing they can say is no. And it, people like to help people and it's, it's just go for it. Lift while you climb. I absolutely love that. I'm going to write that down. That's yes. great. Great advice. Yes, my friend. Well, Kelsey, I seriously, I can't thank you enough for your time today. It was truly such a pleasure getting to chat with you. You're so welcome. Looking forward to having you in Dallas. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of The Snap. Thanks so much for tuning in and make sure to meet me right back here on the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube next Friday for another fun episode.